3: Welcome back to another episode of the pack a Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at pack a Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. What's up, Andrew? It is good to be back for another show. It is not a Friday. Uh, we are excited to be with you today
4: on a Monday. It's been a whopping two days since we've done a show together. You know, Uh, (laughs) Wildcat weekend has always been really fun period, but we got an additional two games this time around and not having the Packers play um was really relaxing in fact you got to just sit back and enjoy some football it was really fun um to just binge watch football basically all day saturday all day sunday uh it was kind of cool to see the nickelodeon broadcast of the Bears saints i thought i was going to check that out for about a quarter and i ended up staying for the entire game uh and and you know though i will say watching red zone every week during the regular season makes it really hard for me to just concentrate on one game at a time unless of course it's the packers um so so that, you know, maybe in between plays I'm looking at my phone a little bit more than I normally would, but um, just really fun, really really great weekend for football.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: I'm really bummed that I didn't get a chance to at least check in on the Nickelodeon broadcast. I saw all the feedback on Twitter and the things that were happening I'm like, that looks really, really interesting. I was not in a place to do that, super bummed. Um, but I fear that it may have cost the Bears an entire generation of fans, <laughs> because I feel for all the lifelong Bears house to set their kids in front of a Nickelodeon broadcast, thought this is a great way, you know, to introduce our kids to the to the sport and subjected their kids to that football product. But uh, I'm concerned there. But at least I guess Mitchell Trubisky won the NVP, right? Nickelodeon's most valuable player. I do not know what that means or what value that holds. It was um, it was a p-
4: online poll, and okay, he, he like okay. ran away with it. So I don't know who was voting on that. If it was a bunch of adults playing a joke on Nickelodeon, or what the it, <laughs> what actually happened. But yeah, <laughs> he was the leader from the get-go all the way through the end through the landslide. I saw Sean Payton got slimed at the end. Like, uh, Oh, I, I
3: missed that. Yeah, so, I mean, all kinds of fun. So, I mean, <laughs> what, a, what an interesting spin. The NFL stops at nothing to expand its audience. Uh, good for them, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people enjoyed that. I'll have to go back and find more clips of that. But it is fun uh, to be here, to be in the situation that the Packers do find themselves in on their couches this weekend uh, and to now be able to talk about who the Packers will face in the divisional round as things have come into focus over this weekend. Uh, but before we get into the specific implications for our Green Bay Packers, uh, let's take a look at who did win and find victory throughout this wild card weekend.
4: Yeah, so we we kicked off Saturday with the Bills outlasting the Colts. Uh, the Bills won that game twenty-seven twenty-four. You know, Philip Rivers put up a pretty good fight at the end, but uh, it was it was clear the Bills were just a, a better team. Um, the Rams then um, y- you can say upset. I thought that game was probably a little bit more even um, before it started than anything. But the Rams really held their own against Seahawks, winning thirty to twenty. The Buccaneers then in the nightcap on Saturday took care of the Washington football team, 31-23. We kicked off Sunday with the Ravens beating the Titans 20-13 and then celebrating at midfield. And then we saw the Saints uh, run over the Bears 21-9. Currently, as we were recording, the Brown Steelers is going on, and the last I checked, it was 28-0 Browns. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll update you as the show goes on, but clearly you'll know what has happened in that game um, when we will. So unless the Browns really collapse, it uh, looks like Cleveland is going to take out the Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: Yeah, really, a pretty wild weekend of football. I was going to say that there wasn't a huge, massive upset that you know sometimes takes place on these weekends, but the Browns are currently tearing these Steelers to shreds, uh, which I'm not sure many people expected. I think there's a couple minutes left in the second quarter as we are recording this, and there is still a 28-0 to lead. But uh, it just goes to show you that all you really have to do is get into the show, and then anything can happen. It's hard to predict this wild-card weekend. But, of course, uh, since the Packers hold the top seed in the NFC. They will naturally play the lowest remaining seed in the tournament, which is after this weekend's games, those LA Rams, who are the sixth seed to begin the playoffs. And so the Rams will travel to Green Bay and Icy Cold Lambeau next weekend. We're excited about that. And we'll get into this matchup for the Packers and some of the details around it here in just a few minutes. Uh, But first, this was a fun weekend of football, Andrew. Uh, and So I know that there are a lot of storylines that came out of this. Uh, What, in your mind, are some of the biggest storylines from Super Wild Card Weekend.
4: Yeah, and when, when we talk about storylines, I really wanted to focus in on the NFC, and I like to play a fun little game with myself, which is uh, can can you come up with a clever headline nice. uh, <laughs> to, to predict the story? So so what would be an Andrews version of a newspaper here? And so um, I had three headlines slash storylines, and my first one is Goff gives Rams a chance after Wolford leaves in an ambulance. You'd like that one.
5: Okay,
4: uh, Not so much. That that was a bit of a stretch. Uh, so John Wolford did get knocked out, and Jared Goff was able to come in and lead the Rams to a victory over the Seahawks. And, you know, a lot of the talk, I think, around that was how bad Russell Wilson was. And, you know, a little bit of that's fair, but the Rams' defense certainly had a lot to do with that. I really do think, even though Goff was pretty limited in his ability to make things happen, that if, if he, you know, if, if he wasn't in there, I don't know that John Wolford is able to lead the Rams to victory, even in the same circumstance. So um, how they match up with the Packers is a much different story, but we certainly will get to that later in the show.
3: Yeah, really, really interesting to see that game unfold so quickly with Wolford having to leave the game. And you know that, obviously, Goff has been the starter of this team for the entire season. And by all accounts, it seems that Goff wanted to play this game, felt that he could have played this game. And so it's interesting knowing that if you don't win the football game, if you're the Rams, there's no next week, right? Goff doesn't have a chance then to... You know, play, and uh, you're not preserving him for a future game. So really interesting to see how that unfolded. Obviously, uh, Goff played well enough uh, to get them a win, made us a couple nice throws that really benefited them and, and split this game open into and, and the, the victory that it was. So uh, really interesting to see how that develops going into next week with both quarterbacks still dealing with some lingering effects from those injuries.
4: My next headline was for Tampa and Washington, and that is Brady continues to be whiny nearly upset by Heine. Uh, (laughs) So we had uh, Taylor Heineke leading the Washington football team to a near upset of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was really fun (laughs) to have uh, Twitter really embrace Taylor Heineke and the Washington footballer's pass rush never got to Brady. Uh, Certainly credit to the Bucs for having a plan to get the ball out incredibly quickly, but, you know, I didn't think... The football team would be able to put up 23 points in this game, so credit to them, but that secondary for them was just miserable. Uh, Watch out for that Washington defense in the future if they ever get anybody to add to Kendall Fuller in the secondary because that pass rush certainly is fantastic. But I came away a little bit less impressed with Tampa than I thought I would, and they're certainly going to face a tough test with the Saints for the third time this year. But my real takeaway from this game is, is there a more unlikable player than TB12? Seriously, he's he's on the sideline screaming like a little boy that a very clear touchdown reception should be called incomplete. He's getting in the face of officials. He's all sorts of animated. It's like, dude, that was a catch. Like, what are you complaining about? Can you imagine the tantrum he would have thrown if Chris Godwin did that same animation and they called it incomplete? Like, get off your high horse. I. I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Andrew's like backing
3: it down, but he's, he's hot right now. So I'm in an interesting spot because I am, uh, I'm born and raised Michigan, right? So Tom Brady, obviously University of Michigan, uh, was not the legend, you know, that you, he, you mean NFL. Drew Henson's
4: backup at Michigan? Right, <laughs>
3: Drew Henson. Um, so, but you would think that I would be one of a big Brady, you know, apologize. We're driven
0: by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is... Isn't to search at all? Don't search "match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
3: Indeed. There's a Michigan fan, and I never have been. I've always struggled with... Uh, the, the Brady, the legend that he became and I'm always the first to be excited when there's an opportunity to dethrone Brady and so I was all set to go to bed early last night. I was like really excited you know, uh, got everything done I needed to, uh, really pretty pretty set on the Rams being this matchup even though there's a shot with the Bears and felt like I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go to bed the the Bucs are going to have this and then Tyler Heineke, like I was up way late just taking in what I thought was going to be maybe a magic moment. And I I obviously was disappointed at the end. But what a fun game. Uh, What a fun player. I mean, he he really showed up for this team and really led his team and played in a way that you would never expect someone coming off the bench uh, to play. So uh, good on him, even though he didn't come out with a victory. So my final...
5: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
4: Headline was for New Orleans and Chicago, and that is Saints never gave the Bears a chance. The MVP was SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) So, you know, this game was never really in question. It I I guess, you know, the the dropped touchdown pass on a really well-designed play by Chicago, um, the Bears were never really able to recover from that. They seemed to get frustrated. They seemed to get in their head. You you saw um, Anthony Miller get ejected. You saw some really, really dumb penalties from Chicago. But, you know, I was never really impressed by the Saints, all that much credit for taking advantage of the Bears' weaknesses, but they weren't moving the ball on offense at all until later in the second half. And my feeling was the Bears' offense was just so inept. They couldn't move the ball at all, couldn't maintain possessions. The Chicago defense just got really worn out, and and that's where the Saints' offense took advantage.
3: You know that I usually look through like some of our notes ahead of our 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 podcasts, and I I never looked at your titles. So and I'm so glad that I didn't because it was the first time I was hearing uh, your your news titles here, and they did. The first one was had me a little bit nervous, but they got better and better, and that was a blessing to me. I feel like we should stop the podcast right now because uh, those were fantastic.
4: But I, I'm like George Costanza. if somebody laughs yeah. at one of my jokes, I usually just walk out of the room. <laughs> we should quit now it's good um so yeah I mean this Bears
3: Saints game was obviously the last domino that needed to fall for Green Bay to know its upcoming opponent for divisional weekend and I think that there were a lot of fans who were hoping that the Packers would have a chance to defeat the Bears a third time this season uh, but that's not happening the Bears just didn't look interested in continuing football uh this season today they, they they were allowed to stay in this game a lot longer than they probably should have at times, but um, it was not meant to be. The Bears are not coming back to Lambeau. Uh, it was really fun full weekend of football. It uh, lived up to its name as Super Wild Card Weekend. And in a weird way, as Andrew mentioned earlier, it was really fun uh, to not have the Packers participating. You could just sit back, enjoy the games a little without the pressure of it being your team's Super Bowl hopes on the line. Uh, But as we mentioned earlier in the show, we now know. With Chicago losing to the Saints, that the Packers will get the LA Rams next weekend in this divisional round that's coming up. Uh, this is a matchup that presents some unique opportunities for the Packers, but also some unique challenges uh, for sure. Lots to develop this week, lots to dig into. The Pack a Day team's going to get you prepared for this matchup. Uh, one of the absolutely huge benefits of getting to skip wild card weekend is your team gets to heal up from some previous injuries and you also avoid new injuries. And boy, do we see the injury bug biting the Rams in this game this weekend. Um, Aaron Donald had the rib injury. Cooper Cup had the knee contusion. And then, of course, there's the ongoing injury situation with the quarterbacks there in L.A. with uh, Jared Goff's thumb and John Wolfer's head injury. We're glad that he's been released from the hospital. It looks like he's going to be uh, more than okay by all accounts. But, uh, man, I mean, that's a lot to watch for. It seems like all the players will be okay, like I said, to play this coming weekend. Uh, but you have to believe that there may be some lingering effects. It's just shorter weekend. They're going to play. Uh, we're going to talk in just a second here. They're going to play on Saturday. I'm especially interested in Aaron Donald and his ribs because even though his x-rays came back negative, even bruised ribs are incredibly painful, and they tend to get worse after a day or two. You may not know initially how seriously that's going to affect you. Uh, this is not me rooting for Donald to have a more significant injury, but as someone who's had bruised ribs a couple times, it's not fun. And so the injuries in general are something that's going to be something uh, to pay attention to all week as we approach this game. Um, But speaking of game time, Andrew, they just announced that this game is going to be played on Saturday at 335 central. All right. So this is the early game, the first game on
4: divisional weekend, the Packers will be uh, going early in this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think that's a huge surprise. I, I was wondering where it would fall, but, you know, knowing that Tom Brady and Drew Brees are going to be matching up, you figured that was going to be the Sunday game, and it sounds like that got slotted into the the prime slate. Um, no shock there. I think this Packers Rams matchup, while we're certainly very interested, um, I don't think it, it quite captures the random NFL fan the same way that, that watching two sure. future Hall of Fame quarterbacks go at it, um, Would, I I think, you know. from, from a fan standpoint, there's lots of individual matchups in this game that are going to be really intriguing. I think this will be a really good game, um, but it's not going to grab the attention I, of, of you know, the casual fan, as it were. So I, I would think from a rating standpoint, it makes sense to slot this into that weaker time slot. One thing that I just wanted to add about that Aaron Donald injury, you know, you talked about having bruised ribs before. I actually cracked a couple ribs one nice. time, um, taking a charge in basketball, and, it, it, I, you know, like... I couldn't sleep for, like, two weeks. I mean, you know, not that, like, it never happened, but it was incredibly uncomfortable. And you wonder, you know, this is this is a guy who, who's going to have to jump on a plane in, you know, four or five days, fly to Green Bay, stay in a hotel. He's then going to have to breathe in cold air. Like, this could affect him pretty greatly. And yeah. I was interested how they felt you know, sort of the phrasing of that, that, you know, they were going to get an MRI and and see what other kind of damage there might be there. Um, and that, you know, he, I I would fully expect Aaron Donald to play as one of the toughest guys in the league, but, Mm -hmm. um, to be impacted, you know, and then, Potentially, you know, have to go against a pretty good Packers interior offensive line. Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins. Um, we we probably are expecting uh, Lucas Patrick to mm-hmm. to be at right guard, and so um, some some interesting things. You know, tough guys in the middle, and you know, taking shots on your ribs as yeah, interior defense yeah. linemen do frequently. I would expect that to be pretty uncomfortable for him. You know, and then Cooper Cup. I'm really glad to see that that wasn't a serious knee injury, but. Yeah. If you have a serious knee bruise and you're getting tackled on a frozen field, I I just can't imagine how uncomfortable that's going to be for him. So, you know, he hates the injuries, but they're just a reality of the game. And, you know, we'll we'll see how that impacts the the Rams. And, again, you know, people are going to have this, like, rust conversation all week because of the Packers' history and because of what's going on with the Steelers. Mm -hmm. But the Packers didn't have to play. So their guys weren't getting beat up this weekend, which is is uh, really nice. Yeah, it's a huge benefit, and
3: I don't want to talk too much about your personal injury life here, but I'm curious: when you cracked your ribs, how did you treat those ribs? Do you remember?
4: Nothing. I I, really? I went to the yeah I went to the hospital, and they said you have some cracked ribs. There's nothing we can do because they were cr- yeah. you know they weren't broken, so it wasn't right, in right, right. an internal <laughs> injury. So you just you just let them heal.
3: Yeah, I was on a. You know,
4: it wasn't a Drew Brees situation. Okay, okay.
3: When I bruised my ribs, and I don't know if I cracked them because I never I never checked, I never went in. But I was on a trip, and I had to sleep on the floor, which is incredibly painful at that time. Yeah. But um, I there was a nurse with us, and she gave us heat, right? Um, and so I had, like, a heat pack that I was supposed to put on my ribs. So I'm just curious. I was asking you because... Obviously, the opposite of heat because we're really intelligent here is cold. And so, I'm wondering if, like, you know, that should be accentuated by the weather that he's actually traveling to play in. So, lots of things to, to note there and to pay attention. Obviously, we're going to get plenty of injury updates throughout the week and the implications of those things. Uh, but the early game, I was just going to say, I don't think it's great for the Rams. Obviously, we're talking about these players that are beat up. Um, an early game could also benefit the Packers in that they get an extra day over whoever they would potentially play in the NFC Championship because they play that late, late game on Sunday night. I know a lot of fans don't like the early slot. I've seen Twitter already. People are upset. I think they'd probably be upset no matter where they played. Uh, But they're upset about the early slot. I know some fans wanted the night game, uh, but I'm okay with it. I think it could end up benefiting the Packers in a pretty big way uh, when it comes to a potential NFC Championship. Matchup,
4: yeah, and I know like getting the game later in the evening is going to help with the weather because
5: mm-hmm.
4: it'll get colder faster. That's true. Um, but it's still going to be relatively cold. It, it's yeah. not like one of these. It's not expected to be below zero. I think I saw temps of of you know like low twenties sure. around kickoff, which is fine. Um, but you know it, the cold weather. Yes, one team's used to playing it. One team's not, and that's an important factor, but the the things I like to think of, you know, first of all, hitting the ground feels a little bit different. I think, you know, conditioning plays a big factor. The, the same as if you were playing in Denver and people are used to, you know, breathing in the thinner air, um, You get used to doing things in the cold. You get conditioned to it. And when you're not used to that, it it takes it out of you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you you say, well, it's playoffs. Like, just kind of gut up and and go with it. But sometimes your body just doesn't let you do those things. So for teams that aren't used to playing in it, it can be a pretty significant advantage.
6: Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Check out the description box to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join.
2: Yeah, and I guess for
3: me, I know that, like, anytime if you're playing, like, in a blizzard or you've got some significant weather happening, that's going to be really hard for a team like L.A. to come in and deal with. But when you're an offensive team like the Packers who can put up... 35, 40 points on the team. I'm okay with, like, let's have Green Bay weather, but let's let it be something that we can play through because I think we want to put up the points, you know. So I think I think we got a happy medium here. Cold temps, uh, but a clear forecast could benefit the Packers and let that offense uh, do what they do. But the bottom line here is the Packers have something that they have desired for a very long time, and that's home field advantage throughout these playoffs. And it's pretty exciting to see a California team coming to town for a divisional game. you got to like your chances with that.
4: Yeah. Um, so one thing that, that I was taking a look at you know uh, the the skill players on offense for the Rams. You know, Jared Goff who went to Cal, uh, Cam Akers went to Florida State, Robert Woods USC, Josh Reynolds Texas A&M. So basically, the only skill player who went to somewhere that has a little bit colder weather, uh, Cooper Cup at Eastern Washington. So it is fair to say the Rams offense is not used to the cold weather, and I really question how Jared Goff's thumb is going to hold up in the cold. I'm I'm sure those pins are going to be a factor, the the injury, um, and again. And as we talked about, the cold just accentuates a lot of that. Um, you know, I took a look back, and I had posted this on Twitter earlier on Sunday, um, but Jared Goff has played two NFL games in below freezing temperature. Uh, both were in 2018, and it should be noted, that this was the year that the Rams ended up in the Super Bowl. So that offense wow. was okay. humming. Um, In So in um Weirdly enough, mid-October, there was a 24-degree weather game in Denver. (laughs) I don't know, the weird temps in Denver at times. But uh, Goff in that game goes 14 of 28, not a good completion percentage, 50%, if my math is correct, Uh, 201 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Then in December, uh, on December 9th, he plays at Chicago, 29 degrees, not that cold for December, Uh, but Goff goes 20 of 44 Uh, 180 yards, (laughs) zero touchdowns, four interceptions. So on his career, uh, you know, he's averaging under 200 yards a game, under 50% completion, zero touchdowns, five interceptions, and games below cold weather. So, you know, there's some other factors. The Broncos and the Bears were both really good defenses at that time, but, um, you know, that That's not super promising if I'm a Rams fan. And, and this guy who um, I believe grew up in California and played his college ball there and probably is not used to um, the cold weather at all. And I, I just really hope we as Packers fans can be patient if this offense does get off to a slow start because this Rams defense is really good. Yep. And I I think if they allow Aaron Rodgers to take care of the ball, the Packers defense should be able to keep them in the game long enough until the offense can get clicking.
3: Yeah, totally agree, and I do think that that's going to be important. I don't think that the Packers – I don't expect that they're just going to be able to run Devontae Adams out and do everything that they want to do with Devontae because uh the Rams have a pretty good corner, I right hear, um, and Taylor <laughs> Ramsey is going to be somebody that's – he's going to do what he does – you're not going to see a three-touchdown game from Devontae. They're going to have to move him around and those kinds of things. So creativity on the offensive side of the ball, it's a good thing that we have a coach in Matt LaFleur who's pretty dang good at creativity and will put together a good game plan. But it will take a little bit more creativity with such a dominant defense, especially up front. But uh, we don't want to get too eager, Andrew, and look ahead too much. We want to stay here in the divisional round. But we do want to talk about other teams that are left in the tournament because uh, we could be facing these teams in the NFC Championship here in two weeks. So uh, what is the other side of that NFC bracket looking like right now?
4: Yeah, so um, first of all, I should say uh, that I did look it up. Jared Goff did grow up in California. Jalen Ramsey, who you were referring to earlier, yes. grew up in Tennessee, played his college ball at Florida State, then played yep. for the Jaguars, and and now the Rams. So he is a very much a, yeah, warm. a warm climate guy. Not that it ha- that has anything to do with anything, but you know, when you're not used to playing in a certain environment, yeah, yeah. it does, does make a, uh, a difference so the the other NFC games uh, or other other matchup uh, is going to be the Buccaneers at the Saints, and these teams have already met twice, of course, being in the same division in week one, the Saints won thirty four twenty three in week nine, the Saints won thirty eight to three. Tom Brady threw five interceptions in those two games. In the second game, the Buccaneers rushed for eight yards. Eight. Eight that's it for the whole <laughs> game I don't know I, I remember that game being a blowout but I, di- I didn't remember that factor um, no. they they only had 86 yards rushing in week one so that wasn't particularly great either so the Saints defense has given the Bucks' offense all sorts of trouble uh, now that doesn't make it a guarantee we have a repeat performance of course they haven't met since week nine um, and certainly some things have changed since then but the, the real question is how do either of these teams match up against the Packers we know the Buccaneers took it to Green Bay earlier in the season but you and I have talked about how different this team looks on grass on the road and specifically in the cold and the Packers defense is playing much better than they were at that point in the season plus Matt Lafleur would have had a ton of time to create a play uh, or to create a game plan to beat Tampa's blitzing linebackers which gave Aaron Rodgers absolute fits. And don't forget, Green Bay was up 10-0 to zero before the wheels really fell off in that game. Uh, and of course, you know, the Packers beat the Saints in New Orleans. Michael Thomas didn't play in that game, so that obviously is going to change things a little bit. But I think the Saints are typically a team that gets massively slowed down by natural grass. And the cold weather is going to be a bigger impact on Drew Brees than it would be on Tom Brady. Breeze already can't throw more than 20 yards downfield, so um, imagine if it's a little windy and and especially a little bit cold on that 42-year-old man. uh, Where I get concerned is the Saints' defense is significantly better than when they played in Week 3. But in either case, I would be very optimistic the Packers should be favored in either matchup.
3: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think, I mean, obviously we have an early game on Saturday. We'll be waiting around until Sunday night late to see who the Packers potentially will face in that championship game if things go the Packers way early on Saturday. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, If the Packers win, we're either going to get Rodgers Brady, Rodgers Breeze, lots of fun football ahead of us and in the road leading up to what we hope is a Super Bowl run for this team. Uh, We got to look a little bit here on the other side of of the playoffs here and talk a little bit about the AFC. We're keeping tabs on that Browns and Steelers game that's happening right now, if you want to call it a game still. But uh, it's looking like we're going to get uh, the Chiefs hosting the Browns if the Browns avoid a just colossal collapse here. Uh, that looks like it will be the Sunday early game. Uh, the Bills will host the Ravens uh, Saturday late after the Packers game. So, Andrew, how are you? Feeling about the AFC teams, uh, we we've, we've shared a little bit of our our love for the Bills in the past. Are you are you feeling
4: some Buffalo Bills in the AFC? Well, first of all, I should say the Cleveland Browns are now um, up thirty five to ten at halftime. There you go. So a little bit of scoring since we started recording, but. Um, Yeah, I I do. I love the Bills. I love the way they play. Their defense has been kind of a disappointment all year after sort of carrying them through last season. But then, of course, Josh Allen has really elevated his game. Stephon Diggs is fantastic, and and I really like the way Sean McDermott has that team playing. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bills-Ravens is going to be a fun one because um, you have two offenses that that can be explosive, um, but really, you know, the key matchup there is that, that juggernaut Bills offense against yeah. that really, really strong Baltimore Ravens defense. Um, I think the Chiefs, if if it does end up being Chiefs-Browns, that, that could be a really interesting one. Hopefully the Browns are at 100% because they're really going to need it. But, you know, if there's a way to beat the Chiefs, I think that ground-and-pound attack that they have, you know, you get Chubb and Hunt going, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you you get a little bit of heat on Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, sorry. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you you know, potentially you could give the Chiefs a little bit of a fight. Um, It is interesting, you know, the the whole premise of, uh, you know, maybe we'll go without having a great quarterback. Um, The the quarterbacks remaining in the tournament are Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, (laughs) Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) Basically all of them are, you know, you you could argue that that's maybe eight of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, So really, really interesting stuff. Um, But, yeah, the the AFC is going to be fun, and, you know, hopefully whoever the the Packers play in the Super Bowl, um, it'll it'll be a good matchup. You
3: know, and it's interesting you, you point out the, you know, the quarterback situation is so interesting. and We listened to uh, um a friend of the podcast, Joe Marino, was talking on their podcast the other day about how much he didn't want to face uh, the Ravens was a team that he hoped he didn't have to play in the, in the playoffs just because Lamar Jackson is such a wild card and, and hard to defend. And that's how I felt about Kyler Murray if the Cardinals were to get into the playoffs. The Packers are better than the Cardinals by far, but I think that X factor at quarterback is really, really interesting. And I think it speaks to this new, maybe emerging thought that if you don't have a superstar quarterback, you just need to – wrinkle up the paper, throw it in the trash can and start over and start looking because it's so true. I mean, Baker Mayfield's kind of been a roller coaster but he's playing great football right now and you're right, like these are the elite quarterbacks in the NFL with the exception of probably Jared Goff and it certainly seems that if you're going to get to the playoffs, but then go far in the playoffs, it certainly seems like you need one of these elite quarterbacks to make that happen. So super interesting, will be super fun to watch both sides of this tournament, and I think we're pretty excited about where we hope the the Packers end up at the end of the day.
4: Yeah, and I wanted to wrap up the show with this. Uh, You know, I started a little bit of a playoff tradition of telling the listeners what I thought about the Packers opponents last year, and since we are not going to be doing another show before the Packers and Rams matchup, I wanted to share a couple of impressions about the Rams. First, I think Sean McVay is a really good coach. At least everybody who has ever met the guy, um, you know, seen him on the sidelines, would, would tell me just how phenomenal he is, what a genius he is, how he remembers every play that's ever been played in the history of the NFL. And, you know, is just a super genius. Um, I mean, cancel out the fact that he basically just stole John Gruden's personality, added in the guy who thinks he's really handsome but is in Back just covering up his bald spot with enough hair product to kill a family of rats. Uh, he said he regretted getting filmed shirtless in his pool for Hard Knocks, but you know he just set that entire scene up with the film crew, and they they were like, Sean, we can just do it in your living room. But, you know, McVeigh was like, no, j- just imagine how sweet it would be if, if, if you get to show off this awesome pool. Like, let me just pop my shirt off quick for this shot. Um, you know, but in fairness... His, his done house a really, is really cool. His house is really cool. And, you know, he's done a really great job of developing Jared Goff. And, and I'm so glad that Goff is in the NFL because I'd hate to see him in his fallback of trying to pick women up in bars with his tales of how great he was at high school uh, lacrosse. Goff, of course, combines the (laughs) neck of Brad Johnson with the derpiest expression in all of football. I I just imagine every time that they show him up close on the sideline that he's contemplating how sweet it's going to be to show off his new golf pants to his buddies. (laughs) So, you know, that's the Rams. Oh so people come here for
3: the most intelligent breaking down of the nfl opponents and you heard the best version of that here today uh from andrew mertzig so um good stuff andrew and uh the rams nothing but respect but uh i mean we we did watch hard knocks and we do know what you're made of and um yeah I, i think i think andrew gave us a pretty pretty good impression there
4: yeah, and then just imagine how great it's going to be when we're breaking down the NFC Championship, and I get to talk about hand-licker Drew Brees or mouth-kissing Tom Brady. <laughs>
2: uh,
4: if, if it's Tom Brady, I cannot wait for that episode because you are going to be you are going to be on fire. That's going to be good yeah. stuff. That's good. You yeah, could, but it's, it is it's it's pretty darn exciting to be two games yeah. away from the Super Bowl. Well, like, um, is Sean McVay the only only coach in the league who has that like?
3: handler guy that, like, keeps him on a leash and, like, keeps him from going onto the field.
4: Is that, is he, that no, true? I, almost every head coach does, but his is definitely more aggressive. Like, right, they may but, actually have him on one of those children's harnesses. Right, right, right. But he's he's the guy
3: who's like, oh, my gosh, like, everybody, you know, noticed that he knows what he's doing. And he knows every defensive player on the opposing team's roster. Like, that's a big deal. Like, and not every NFL coach can and should be able to do that. Like, I mean, I don't know how the Packers beat this team next week with with a, a coach like this on the other side.
4: Yeah. In addition to making sure that Sean McVay doesn't run on the field and get penalized for it, that guy also covers up the bald spot in the back of his yeah. head. So.
3: Well, I mean, in in all fairness, like Mike Tomlin showed us that that may be something that like people may need help with a couple of years ago. So, I mean, not to throw more shade on the Steelers, because like. Right now, I mean, it's it's 35 to 10, and they
4: don't need that. But I mean, I mean, it, it's been a need in the past, so somebody thought yeah. of it. It's good. Well, I'm glad we can get that in before the end of the <laughs> show. Uh, but, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can, get fi- uh, you can have, I say catch every week. Why? You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You might be able to catch him there, like a the Pokemon as well. And you can find me at Andrew Murtig. Remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please subscribe <laughs> and rate the podcast. Uh, check us out. All week as the team gets you ready for the Packers Rams matchup in the divisional round. You can normally catch Kyle and myself every single Friday, but this week we have traded spots with Ben Fennel and Andy Herman, so check them out on Friday. That means the next time you can catch Kyle and I will be on Friday, January 22nd, where we'll be previewing the NFC Championship game. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember. <laughs>